Ladies and gentlemen, hi, this is Dr. Tiffany M. Lloyd, host of Jesus and Justice with Dr. Tiff, broadcasting live each week on Saturdays at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time from Fishbowl Radio Network Studios at Globe Life Park in Arlington, Texas. Tune in to hear how we will be unpacking issues in our society, aligning with the teachings of Christ. So be sure to log on each week on Saturdays at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time to catch Jesus and Justice with Dr. Tiff. Follow me on Facebook at Dr. Tiffany M. Lloyd. Jesus and Justice with Dr. Tiff. On FishbowlRadioNetwork.com Jump in. Ladies and gentlemen, hi. Welcome to Jesus and Justice with Dr. Tiff. I am your host, Dr. Tiffany M. Lloyd. This is the day that the Lord has made and let us rejoice and be glad in it. Praise his name. God is good, isn't he? You know, I always say that if we have a pulse, we have a purpose. And so the fact that you are listening with me today, you have a pulse. And therefore, my brothers and sisters, you have a purpose. Do me a form of ministry. Do me a favor. Please like and share. Share. Share, share, share this with everyone. Please type in where you are watching this from. Hello to my Facebook Live listeners that are, that are watching me Facebook Live. And hello to, the, to all of my listeners that are on the Fishbowl Radio Network. Thank you so much for listening and joining with me and hanging out with me for an hour on Jesus and Justice with Dr. Tiff. Hello to all of you from around the country, around the world. You could have been doing anything on this beautiful Saturday afternoon. But the fact that you took time out to hang out with me please know that I am grateful I am honored I am humble um, and I don't take it lightly or for granted so please like and share hello to all of you we have a powerful man of God on our show today Reverend Terry Anderson he is a native of Eunice Louisiana so he's my Louisiana brother so hello and shout out to all of my friends and family from Eunice Louisiana and to hello to his brother Johnny G Anderson the Honorable Johnny G Anderson and my uncle-in-law, Michael Victorian, is from Eunice, Louisiana. Hello to my beautiful Aunt Kathy. Um, hello to uh, the Lily Grove Missionary Baptist Church. Reverend Anderson is the senior pastor of the Lily Grove Missionary Baptist Church in Houston, Texas. So a shout-out to First Lady Anderson, and hello to the Lily Grove Missionary Baptist Church. Thank you all so much for joining in with Jesus and Justice with Dr. Tiff. So again, please like and share. We have uh, an amazing show on today and so we're not going to waste any time we're just going to get right to it and start out with a word of prayer heavenly father thank you so much for this day this is the day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it we thank you god for your blessings we thank you god for letting us see a brand new day a day that we have never seen before and a day that we will never see again god we thank you for the precious gift jesus christ the one that hung bled and died on the cross but the story didn't end there on the third day he got up with all power in his hands he said in his word I come that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly Lord I decrease so that you can increase in me whatever that is in me Lord remove it right now in the name of Jesus you are the potter I am the clay mold me and shape me to what you want me to be have your way right now in this place God I ask you that you bless everyone that is under the sound of my voice God you know what their needs are touch them right now in the 
the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that you watch over the show on today and anoint every word that is said between me and Reverend Anderson. And Lord, I pray that there is something that Reverend Anderson will say to inspire your people, that will bless your people, that will be an eye opener for your people, God. And God, uh, I don't take this, this platform for granted because God, you could have given this platform to anyone. And so I'm grateful and I thank you, Lord, for entrusting me with this platform. And Lord, we'll be so careful to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all of the glory. We ask these blessings in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This week we lost a true icon, my um, sister. She's an honorary member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. And that is none other the iconic, the queen, the trailblazer, the visionary, the sage, uh, Cicely Tyson. Wow. You know, we can go on and on to the powerful movies that she had from Sounder to uh, Jane Pittman to The Help to Why Did I Get Married to A Fall from Grace, just to name a few. And she talked about one of the things, one of the powerful quotes that I love from Cicely Tyson um, is two of them. She said, you never know what may motivate you. But the second one really spoke out to me when she says, I did not allow rejection to define me. What a powerful and providential word that she had. And I wanna encourage you today to take the words of Cicely Tyson. Do not allow rejection to define you. Yes, you are gonna be rejected. You're gonna be told no, that's a part of life. But if you cannot handle rejection, you cannot handle life. People are gonna reject you. You may be told no on a loan application. You may be told no at a job. You may be told no that you don't qualify for this home. But that's okay because for every no, God will bless you with something even greater. Sometimes what you think you may want down the road, you look back at it and you're like, Lord, I'm so grateful that you did not give me what I thought I wanted. And so let that be a word for you today. Rejection is protection. Do not allow rejection to define who you are. It doesn't matter who tells you no. It doesn't matter what people say. What does God say about you? And this is what God says about you. That you are fearfully and you are wonderfully made. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are the lender and never the borrower in Jesus' name. And just know when you feel unvalued, unloved, unworthy, when you feel like your self-esteem is chipping away at you, I don't know who I'm talking to. I want you to know that we serve a God that loves you unconditional and he loves you beyond the physical form because beauty fades, right? And so rejection does not define who you are. Repeat after me, rejection does not define who I am. And that is my TIFF talk for today. Now, without further ado, I am going to introduce to you a powerful man of God. He is probably one of the most powerful preachers not just in America, but probably in the world that I know. He's a favorite. When I posted that he was going to be on my show today, boy, did I get a lot of buzz. I had a lot of people to reach out to me and say, he's my favorite preacher. You know, he's, he's one of the best. And so without further ado, I'm not going to prolong it any longer because I know a lot of you are waiting. I present to you Reverend Terry Anderson. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, I have the honor of having Reverend Terry Anderson, originally native of Eunice, Louisiana, but is the pastor of the Lily Grove Missionary Baptist Church in Houston, Texas. Hi, Reverend Anderson. Hello, Tiffany. <laughs> How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for being on Jesus and Justice with Dr. Tiff. It is an honor to have the Terry, Reverend Terry Anderson on my show. Thank you so much. Thank I'm you. a good friend of your brother, Johnny. So I see, you know, this dashing look runs in y'all family, runs in the Anderson family. So thank you so much for being on here. So let's get straight to it. Um, you know, we've been in this COVID epidemic for almost a year now and people, a lot of people haven't opened their church doors do you think that the church is going to look the same post-covid i'm 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 struggling with this new normal i don't ever want this to be normal for me and so my my prayer is that uh after we have come through the the, the worst part of this and I think you know God is going to bring us through the worst part of this I, I was looking at it and I was sharing with the leaders at our church several things one or two things what do we keep doing what do we stop doing and what do we do differently because this this experience has demonstrated that there's a whole lot of stuff we can afford to do without because the church is not closed. We just not gathered together as the people of God in our usual gathering. Mm -hmm. And so we're still doing ministry, which says that there's a whole lot of stuff that we were doing that perhaps we need not do anymore because, you know, we still, uh, I think we'll have to zoom for the time being because a lot of people are fearful of coming back in large settings. But, uh, I think we will be able to gather at Lily Grove. Our church is large enough. Our church seats 3,500. Mm. So we are large enough to socially distance. And we haven't opened yet because every time I think about going back, the numbers go up again. Mm -hmm. And I would, mm -hmm. I would hate that, that somebody would come and be exposed and get sick, and then I would never forgive myself. So what I'm trying to do now is find a, a good enough time uh, for us to go back as the church but i think the church gathered together uh several pastors have said to me that this is a good thing and you know they, they like the zooming and they like uh the preaching without anybody being there that is so foreign to me and uh I, i'm i'm longing for the day <coughs> excuse me when we can get back together as the gathered people of god we have sunday school still on zoom and I still go into church on Sunday morning and preach uh, live. I don't do a recording. I like, it's something about being in church on Sunday morning that's, right. I guess that's just the Louisiana in me. Absolutely. Uh, I just Absolutely. like to be in the sanctuary on Sunday morning. But I think coming back, uh, it would be slow coming back. It would be slow gathering because the people, uh, I've, I've had my vaccination and a whole lot of people haven't. I'm going to take my second shot on the 25th. And so someone was telling me, well, I don't know about taking the shot because, you know, I don't, I don't know, uh, that's too fast. And they've come up with this vaccine too quickly. I say, well, here's the way I look at it. Over 400,000 people have died from the virus and nobody's died from the vaccine. 
So 400,000 to zero is pretty good odds to me. Very good. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Now, before COVID, studies show that there was a decline in people, particularly the millennial generation Z generation of attending church, especially the black church. Why do you think people were already starting to leave the church and COVID had nothing to do with it? Right. Uh, what what I think is happening is one of the one of the most irreverent things to happen to the black church, I think, has been this idea of you mentioned earlier in our conversation these celebrity preachers. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I see preachers on these uh, preachers of L.A. and preachers of whatever. I, I think that's that's so irreverent to me that church has become almost. Uh, uh, like some kind of social gathering rather than the gathered body of Christ. And whenever Christ is not the focus, whenever Christ is, is not essential, uh, people, young people especially, uh, you, may, you may know of uh, Bill Hybels and the Willow Creek Church. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's another church I can't think, I'm, I'm thinking about it, but I can't call the name right now. Uh, but the guy who did the Purpose Driven Life, what's his name? Uh, Rick Warren. Rick Warren, his mm -hmm. Saddleback Church. Mm -hmm. uh, they had this idea of user-friendly service and seeker-sensitive seeker services. And many people were going to that by the thousands because it's no discipleship. It's no commitment. You don't have to, you don't have to make any, it doesn't make any demands on them. And so Bill Hybels apologized for doing that because young people at his church said to him, uh, they don't want a preacher standing in front of them like a rapper or like a, a some kind of superstar, movie star. They want a preacher standing in the pulpit telling them the truth, even if they're not going to do it. They want to know what it is that they're not going to do. Mm -hmm. uh, Lily Grove is a traditional church, and the church growth experts are saying, that you got to have a whole lot of bells and whistles and you got to have a whole lot of uh, drama and skits and mm -hmm. uh, teleprompters and all of that. But our church has thrived being a traditional church because I think you ought to be true to what the Bible says that you ought to be. Mm -hmm. uh, if, as, as it relates to preaching, I'm serious about church. I'm serious about preaching. Charles Spurgeon, uh, one of the favorite preachers that's quoted most often by preachers, Charles Spurgeon says, if God has called you to preach, don't stoop to become a king because anything less than a preacher is a step down. Wow. I sincerely believe that. And so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not into a whole lot of drama. I don't, I'm not into a whole lot of stuff that, 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 that younger pastors are into. I just believe that people want to hear the gospel. Mm -hmm. People want to be helped of mm -hmm. the church is the body of Christ. And to make it anything less than that, uh, people can go anywhere for entertainment. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to be, you know, a, a prince in the pulpit will never be a clown. And a clown will never be a prince. And if people want a circus, they can go to that anywhere. But if they're serious about church, then I want to be there to offer them uh, the meat of the word of God. Because membership versus discipleship is that we have a whole lot of people who want to be members, but they don't want to be disciples. And so folks who want to be discipled, uh, you're welcome at Lily Grove. But if you want a whole lot of clowning, there's some places you can go to get that. But you're not going to get it at the place where I am because 
of my seriousness when it comes to preaching and and how church ought to be done but how church is going to look in the in the, in the coming days i think people are going to gather back slowly but god's word will never return to him void mm. his word says forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is and i believe that god in his timing i don't know people ask me what i think god is doing in this pandemic i don't know what god is doing in this pandemic all I know is God, God's word, not one jot or tittle of God's word will ever change. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I think that the church is going to come back together. But to answer your question, in terms of people who were not uh, coming to church uh, in the post uh, pre-pandemic, it's just a whole lot of uh, things that people have to do that interest them, like we have a whole lot of young people and young families at our church, and many of them are involved in these uh, uh, AAU kinds of things where they do a whole lot of sports activities. And, and, and then the scripture talks about that, that uh, you know, they will not endure sound doctrine. They will heap for themselves teachers having itching ears. And, and the Bible can't be wrong. People are just going after all kinds of other things. But for people who are serious about church, the church is always going to live. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now we are seeing, we just saw had inauguration of the 46th president, president Biden and vice president Kamala Harris. So let's start with Kamala first, uh, breaking the glass ceiling of not only being the first African-American, but the first woman. And we're seeing more and more women that are breaking the glass ceiling in leadership. Mm -hmm. But, studies show that women even in 2021 still earn 75 cent less on a dollar than a man what are your views on women in leadership because i had a a, a, a person on here a few months ago uh, dr zena pierre and uh in our conversation and she said something along the effect and i'm paraphrasing it that some men need to understand that just because a woman may be in leadership it doesn't mean that they have to compete with each other in a relationship or a marriage. Um, so what are your views on women in leadership? To me, leadership is male. Not, a woman is not less than a man because she's a leader. But when, let, let me talk about the church because that's, that's what I know the most about. Okay. When it, when it comes to leadership in the church, the scripture says, I suffer not a woman to usurp authority over a man. And if a woman is going to be in leadership in the church as a pastor, for instance, then how do you, how do you be over a man at the church and then come and be in subjection to a man at home? That's, a, that's, a, that's an oxymoron. But I don't have any problem with women being in leadership or women being intelligent, women being smart and aggressive, and Kamala Harris being vice president of the United States. I think that's a wonderful thing. But at this, like you said a moment ago, you don't have to be in competition. I think you don't have to be in competition, but you have to be in cooperation. Mm -hmm. uh, we, are not, we are not rivals. We ought to reinforce one another. Mm -hmm. uh, my, 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 my position again is women are more educated in most instances than men. Uh, they are smarter when it comes to making decisions. 
And that's, that's helpful in relationships until it gets to the part where uh, the book of Genesis talks about uh, she will usurp, she will uh, want to be over you. She will want to take leadership. That's the, that's the, the curse that, that, that God put on, on, on Adam and Eve in the garden, that her desire shall be to be over you. And that's, that's where the battle of the sexes come in. That's where the struggle comes in because she will want to be a man. Oh, oh, your, your wife can never be your husband. Uh, your husband can never be your wife. The roles are never interchangeable. They complement each other. But when it comes to leadership, uh, women lead women at our church. Women lead in particular uh, responsibilities at our church. And it's not uh, rivalry. It's reinforcement again. It's not competition. It's cooperation. But when it gets to the struggle of if she's going to be over a man, that's unscriptural to me. I, I don't find any. I don't find any 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 scriptural reference for her being over a man. That that may be old fashioned. That may be uh, not what they're doing in 2021. But uh, the scripture doesn't have anything to do with any era or eon or time. It's mm -hmm. timely, inerrant. It's mm -hmm. infallible. If it's the word of God, and I believe it is. Then, then that's the way we have to handle it. But there are some women who feel that they have to apologize sometimes or maybe dummy themselves down, if you will, when they're in relationships. And I think that was part of the conversation that um, she and I had on the show. And sometimes, it is, you know, some women feel that it's a curse if you're educated. It's a curse mm -hmm. if you're in a relationship and you're not trying to be the man you're not trying mm -hmm. to be the head but there are some men who may not be able to handle the fact that their wife or their woman um is educated make more money um right. resume may be a little bit more lengthy what do you say mm -hmm. to that that man is 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 obviously intimidating uh because a smart, intelligent women should not intimidate strong men. If you're strong, if you know who you are, if you know your place, uh, your, your wife, your girlfriend might put up with you, but a real woman wants a real man. Mm -hmm. And a real man is not intimidated by a smart, intelligent, ambitious woman. Uh, that's, a, that's a credit. That's a plus. I wouldn't have any problem at all with that uh, because... Uh, the, the two ought to complement the other. But uh, my mama would say all the time, you don't need a dog if you got to bark yourself. Why would you, why would you want to be with somebody who belittles your education or your training or your knowledge? And uh, in, in the, in the African-American community, more women are, are being educated while men are not being educated. And so th that's their problem. That's not the woman's problem. She probably needs to find a man who's not intimidated by her work, by her work. If she knows her value, then he ought to know her value. Now we're seeing a transition from outgoing president, no longer president Trump, to now Biden. What are you um, hopeful for with this administration? What are you looking forward to with the Biden administration? When, when I'm, I'm, I'm 
I'm I'm neither Democrat nor Republican. I'm independent because if if the if the Republicans were not so mean spirited, I could get with them. And if the Democrats wouldn't go so far to the left, I could get with them. When it comes to President Trump, his narcissism and his not being able to get out of his own way caused him the problem that he has right now. But I'm I'm hopeful that President Biden will not go so far to the left with this with this uh, leftist agenda, not not socialism, because whenever I hear them talking about socialism, I ask, are you on Social Security? Because that's socialism. Right. And so I'm hoping, you know, my problem with the Democrat Party is that they go far to the left with social issues. I am and most black people are uh, more conservative than we've been given credit for. That's true. But 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 the Republican Party has has not been, I think, as amenable to racial issues. Uh, they are financially Fisc uh, fiscally responsible, and they talk about uh, abortion. I mean, I mean, uh, 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 not not abortion rights, but right to life. Mm -hmm. But right to life goes beyond the child being born. Mm -hmm. You have to take care of the child. I mean, if you want the child to be born, then don't make policies that prevent the child from thriving after it's born. Mm -hmm. But I'm hopeful that uh, President Biden will be uh, more of a more center of the road and center and when i say center of the road middle of the road uh not right or left that doesn't mean you don't have any principles or you don't have any uh any ideas but i think that uh some of the convictions that are in the democrat party are, are in contradiction to scripture for me mm -hmm. and so whenever i disagree with that then i have to i have to state my disagreement like with President Obama, I, when when President Obama got away with a whole lot of stuff because we were so excited to have a black president that the things we should have called him on, we didn't because we didn't want to, you know, when you were growing up, your mom and dad would say, whatever goes on in this house, you don't talk about it outside this house. Right. We didn't want to talk outside the house with stuff that was going on with President Obama. But when I disagreed with him, I publicly stated it in my preaching mm. because... I'm not going to allow a, a political party or my ethnicity or my race to trump what I believe when it comes to scripture. Oh, absolutely. I think that's good. And I think everybody needs to hear that. That's a powerful statement because although we are excited about Kamala, you know, she's beautiful, she's educated and, and truly happy to, to see that beautiful black woman as the VP. Mm -hmm. But as I told, tell a lot of people that, we still have to hold her and President Biden accountable and not just allow the sorority, the HBCU, the blackness to get in the way, the female to get in the way. You still have to hold people accountable. And, you know, I've always been taught that if you truly care and love someone, it's our job to tell them what they need to hear, not what they want to hear and not give them a pass just because they're black or they're female or, you know, because. I think what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Just because I may critique you, that doesn't mean that I dislike you. That doesn't right. mean that I have anything against you. You know, everyone has a right 
to be corrected. So I think oftentimes, particularly in the black community, when we find ourselves publicly saying, I don't agree with someone that's black, that's in a position, it comes across it. The first thing people will say is, oh, she's just hating or he just hating or why black people always got to bring each other down. That That is not an example of bringing somebody down. Uh, bringing right. somebody down is you ain't nothing, you ain't no good. They should have never right. even you. But critiquing you of saying, I don't agree with that policy, that's my right as a, as a citizen. That's your right. right. You have right. a democracy. So I'm glad that you said that because I oftentimes find people, sometimes we can, it, we can be hypocrites. You know, we right. can be critical of someone else, but then right. when we even talk about someone that may be of the same gender or of the same color, right. It comes across as, well, give them a chance. Give them a chance. We're just so happy to see a black person. No, you should never right. vote for a person just because they're black, just because they're female, just because they're right. white. Um, right. So we see Raphael Warnock, okay, who's the pastor of the Ebenezer Baptist Church. And he's a Democrat. And, mm -hmm. you know, he was just sworn in as a U.S. senator. Mm -hmm. um, the same church that Dr. Martin Luther King pastored. And many people have been, you know, critical of him saying, how can you be part of a party as what you just described that can go so far to the left that does right. abortion, that does support same-sex marriage, these mm -hmm. controversial mm -hmm. topics. Mm -hmm. What do you think that a pastor should have the right to dive in politics? Some people talk about separation of church and state, but we know there's nothing in the Constitution that ever said anything about separation of church and state. What are your think? What are your views on pastors being involved in politics? I'm, I'm of the opinion that uh, Pastor Warnock going into the into the Senate, and I listened to his interview last night on MSNBC. He said he would be back in his pulpit on Sunday morning preaching and then doing what he does. That's, I think that's an extension of ministry. That's, that's still ministry. You don't, you, you, we are not going to change the world by criticism of it, nor by conformity to it, but by the combustion within it of lives that's been set on fire by the Holy Spirit. And I think that as Christians, we can bring to bear what we believe. Uh, it, it may not pass. It may not get through. But the, one, of the, one of the dangers of, of, of being in the political forum, as far as I'm concerned, is that the inherent fallacy of the, of the political world is that it has no ability to cleanse itself. And sometimes, invariably, the person who's in it gets tainted by it. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, he will be strong enough not to be tainted by it because... Uh, it it can it can pull you into that morass of going along with the crowd and not standing out and standing on your own. If he's strong enough to do that, I think he's going to do well uh, because uh, when you look at the scriptures, the, the 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 decision for Pharaoh to go after the Hebrews after they left Egypt that was a political decision mm -hmm. because I think that the economists in Egypt said, now, Pharaoh, you done let all these Hebrews out of here. We need somebody to build these houses and, mm -hmm. and to make brick without straw. You better go back and get those people. Mm -hmm. So his decision to go and get them to bring them back to Egypt was political. Jesus' death almost was political in that the, the scribes and the Pharisees 
a, a, a blasphemous religion in collusion with a wicked government conspired to bring Jesus to the cross. All of that is politics. You're political. I'm political. All of us are political. We, we make political decisions every day. But our, our, our cause, our hope is in Christ, not in the president, not in a governor, not in a government. My hope is in Jesus Christ. And as a, as a Christ follower, uh, I, I think black people have to learn that we can disagree without falling out. Absolutely. We, we, don't know, we don't know how to play the game because whenever we learn the rules, they change the game. So we, we don't have to fall out with each other just because we disagree. But like you said, my right to disagree with you is my right as, a, as an individual. I don't have to, this herd mentality of everybody thinking alike and everybody looking alike and everybody talking alike. God thought enough of you to give you your own set of fingerprints which makes you an individual. Nobody in the world is exactly like you. So I think that his being able to, to navigate that world, if he's able to do that, uh, more power to him. I, I wouldn't be able to do it because uh, my, my, my preaching, my, my, my way of doing church doesn't lend itself to that kind of, uh, to that kind of dual kind of uh, activity. I'm, I'm, I'm too focused on what it is that I do. And somebody's got to do that. I'm, I'm just not the person as a pastor would be able to do that because that would take me away from my main focus. Uh, uh, Lee Iacocca, I, I think he's dead now, who used to be over Chrysler. I had a saying that when he, brought, when he brought Chrysler back from the brink almost of extinction, his philosophy was to keep the main thing the main thing. Mm -hmm. And I think as a pastor, we need to keep the main thing the main thing. If he can, if he can, excuse me, do his do his pastoral work and make politics an extension of that, because we need somebody speaking truth to power. We need somebody talking about what needs to happen to the poor, uh, because Bishop Desmond Tutu said these politicians talking about the poor and talking about helping the poor, but after a while they stopped that gravy train long enough to hop on it. <laughs> they don't care anything about the poor anymore. So I think if we can stay focused on uh, uh, making making the political world to bear on the kingdom's agenda, uh, then I think he's going to do well. Do you think Jesus was about justice? Absolutely. Uh, Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Jesus was all about justice. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what the church ought to be. That's a that's a part of our ministry, mm -hmm. uh, to be about justice and to do. To, and and the book of Micah says, uh, "He has told you, old man, what is good to do justly, to walk humbly with your God." So justice is is all through the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. But we we don't need to make uh, politics our aim of doing that. We can make politics serve the church rather than the church serving politics. Yeah, I like that. Because when people always ask me about my show, they always say it's a controversial topic. Um, but Jesus was controversial. And oh, when people hear the word justice, what is unfortunate is that they always go to racial injustices or social right. injustices. That's just a right. piece of the puzzle. Justice, right. anything from education, disability, right. parents' rights, the church, right. funding, grants. It could be... Right. 
multitude of things because as you just stated jesus was about the least of these so right. it's, it's it's unfortunate when people hear justice they automatically think that this show is just all about racial injustices that's right. just a piece of the puzzle but before okay. I, I let you go um we, we've talked about politics we've talked about the church and you know, pre-COVID, post-COVID, but there are a lot of hurting people that's still here. You know, we just celebrated Christmas, a new year. Um, and I've been getting a lot of mail from people about marriages and love and loneliness and depression. And since COVID, we've been seeing an increase in depression, anxiety, mm -hmm. loneliness, mental health. Mm -hmm. um, there are... This past week, 90,000 additional Americans have filed for unemployment. People are just lost. Give our mm -hmm. viewers an encouraging word. I don't like the word social distancing. I prefer physical distance. Socially, being socially distanced means that a whole lot of people don't have any connectedness. They have no feeling of connectedness. And so being physically distant does not mean we have to be socially distant. Uh, I'm making my, uh, 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 we have what I, at our church, what is called our deacon family ministry, where the deacons of our church have broken the church into zip codes. And they are responsible for a particular zip code of checking on the members, on the elderly to see what it is that they need, uh, see what young people are in need of, to see what we can do, uh, even in this pandemic time, to stay together uh, as the, as the scattered body of Christ, but we are still gathered in spirit. And so I think that in this time, we need to be more conscious about being socially distant uh, as opposed to, I mean, being physically distant as opposed to being socially distant because this, this disconnectedness that has been brought on by the pandemic has exacerbated a whole lot of people's feeling of loneliness and depression and suicide is up and uh, a whole lot of people are feeling left out because they've they've lost their job due to covid many of them have lost their health due to covid but i think this is a good time for the church and the gospel to be brought to bear on people's lives to make them realize that god has been through pandemics before mm -hmm. this is no surprise to god nothing has taken god by surprise has it ever occurred to you that nothing has to occur to God. Hmm. Nothing ever has to occur to God. God is not in heaven scratching his head saying, I'm wondering what I'm going to do about this pandemic. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Just like he took care of the children of Israel, just like he took care of our slave forebears, just like he took care of our mothers and fathers. God is still able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can even ask or think. Mm -hmm. I like that, you know, but what do you say to those people who say, you know, Reverend Anderson, I've tried this brand thing. It just seemed like the more I pray, the worse I feel. The more I pray, it just seemed like hell just keep coming. It seemed like the more, the minute I crack open my Bible, it just seemed like things get rough. When I take one step toward God, it just seemed like I keep getting knocked down. When I get one dime in my hand, it's I, I lose a nickel. What do you say to people where I'm, I'm trying, I'm praying, I'm calling out to God, I'm asking God to move this loneliness, this depression, but ain't nothing happening. It's like the more I pray, the worse things get. Stop asking God to bless what you are doing 
and start doing what God is blessing. Mm. Stop asking God to bless what you are doing and learn how to do what God is blessing. If you're lonely, if you don't have any friends that you're close to or anybody that you can talk to, whatever you want more of, start giving that away. If you want people to love you, start giving love away. Mm. If you want to be close to people, start being close to people. If you want uh, friendship, the scripture says you have to show yourself friendly. Just because we are not gathered together as the body of Christ, or we are not able to go anywhere and do a whole lot of stuff, there's still ways we can we can connect. I'm not on Facebook because I I just I, I just I just don't have the time for that. I just that's just something that never interests me. Mm -hmm. But since people are on Facebook and social media, that's a way to connect. That's a way to be close to people. And uh, trying to, you know, praying, uh, sometimes it happens to me. When I pray, my mind gets way over there. And I say, now, how did I get over there? That ain't got <laughs> nothing to do with what I'm praying about. But I have learned to stop asking God to bless what I'm doing. And I'm trying to do what God is blessing. And the scripture does not lead us wrong god's will is in god's word and when you read the word of god you find out the will of god and you start doing those things and you forget about your loneliness you'll forget about your depression because everything in this world now people are so centered on themselves one of one of my criticisms of facebook is people don't look on facebook like they really look mm -mm. that's their that's their facebook look <laughs> uh, because we have created this 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 alternate reality. Mm. Come back to reality. Get your face, get off of Facebook and put your face in a book. Mm. Start reading the Bible. Start reading the Word of God. Get interested in some things that God is doing. God is still active and dynamic in the world. And get involved with that. And you'll find yourself so busy doing what God wants that what you want will take second place. Yeah. Wow. That's so good. Get your face on Facebook. Get off Facebook and put your face in a book. I like that. I like that. And many people are probably are gonna, probably going to steal that. And another thing is that people will um, glamour up how they really look. But then there are some people on Facebook where they forget that people know them in real life. Right. And it's not even about cosmetics anymore. You know, right. I have seen so many holy rollers on Facebook and this is not right you are in real life and one thing that god spoke to me and he said that i cannot bless who you pretend to be that's right and 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 when i truly surrendered to god that was one thing that when the holy spirit speak to you he'll reveal some ugliness about yourself that you don't realize sometimes mm -hmm. we get so caught up in you know everybody else what everybody else is doing and you just need to just focus on you you know lord work on me so right. I tell people all the time, if, if I didn't learn nothing else about surrendering to God, God could not do what he did in my life until I stopped trying to pretend to be something that I wasn't. I had right. to totally surrender the ugliness. Right. He ain't worried about the degrees, the glitz, the, right. Glam, right. the accomplishments, the ugliness to Tiffany that I didn't want to face. And that's right. when God can really deal with you. That's right. That's right. I am very blessed by you, Reverend Anderson. Promise me that you'll come back. Anytime. Thank you so much. There Thank you go, you ladies and gentlemen. Reverend Terry Anderson, the pastor of the Lily Grove Missionary Baptist Church in Houston, Texas. Make sure you follow him. He is an awesome
All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Reverend Terry Anderson, the pastor of the Lily Grove Missionary Baptist Church. Boy, my phone has been blowing up inboxes, emails, phone calls about some of the comments that Reverend Anderson has made. But before I dive into that, I want to say a special hello to a lot of you that are watching and I want to acknowledge you. First, I want to acknowledge she's like an, another mom to me, Bishop Carletta Vaughn um, from Detroit, Michigan. Hey, mom, uh, Bishop uh, Carletta Vaughn. She was actually on the Real Preachers of Detroit. Um, she's an awesome woman of God and I've had the privilege of serving on many uh, platforms with her. So, so Hello to you. Hello to Reverend Danny Lewis um, in Faraday, Louisiana. Hello to First Lady Anquanique Collins and Bishop Collins. Thank you so much. Hello to Glenda Ellis Taylor, Patricia Green, Brittany Parker, Jonathan Bowler, Yolanda Winford, the Honorable Johnny G. Anderson, the brother of Terry Anderson, Reverend Terry Anderson, Princess Brown. Hello, my family, Wilbur Lloyd. Um, my uncle, uh, Danny Fletcher. Hello to you. Mother Sandra LaFleur, Reverend Jesse B. Bilberry, my former pastor of the Mount Pilgrim Missionary Baptist Church. Hello, Doris Reed, um, the director of the Southern University Band, the Human Jukebox in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Kedrick Taylor, hello to you. Hi, Tammy Pugh. Um, hello to Mr. Billy Simmons, uh, Mr. Jacoby Brown, uh, Fanny Keith, Don Proctor, Tammy Randall, my brother Solomon Hill, who's doing wonderful things in higher education. Um, Luster Harris, hello to you, sir. Cleveland Brown, uh, Miss MJ Carroll, and hello, if I miss any of you please charge it to my head and not my heart the names was going down um, a little bit so fast and just know that if I missed your name it is not intentional um, and I will make up for it so please forgive me hello Patricia Green hello to you thank you uh, all so much for tuning in so let me get back so I'm going to allow um, I'm going to be bringing uh, Bishop Vaughn on and, you know, there are some things that he said that was controversial and I could see people eyes like, oh, I can't believe he said that when he said that leadership is male. Um, but he was really talking about in the realm of the church. Um, and so um, I don't know if that's making a difference to some of you or not, but he, you know, he stands his ground in what he believes. He feels that leadership is male. He doesn't feel that women are a slave to men or a woman is beneath the man. And he just feels that leadership is male. And so I'm going to be bringing on Bishop Vaughn uh, whenever we get our schedules together. And she can respond to that and speak on behalf of the women in leadership in the church. And I cannot wait. Um, next week, know that we have part two of the interview with gospel singer Lisa Noel Smith. You know, she is the gospel singer with Lisa Noel Smith and the Brown Singers. And so we had a powerful interview last week. And we're going to be doing part two on next week. Um, but when we start at the show we talked about Cicely Tyson and her words about rejection so I'm going to go back to that because I know some more people logged in and called in and listening on the radio and you know I was sitting here and I was thinking about remember Judas when Judas betrayed Jesus and the Lord was speaking to me about this. It was weighing on me for the past two days and remember he sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver but remember when they handcuffed Jesus that was when Judas felt bad. He felt remorseful. He knew that what he did was wrong. And remember, he tried to give the money back, but they wouldn't take the money back. 
So what did Judas do? He just started throwing the coins in the churches, right? Because he knew what he did to Jesus was wrong. And he knew that he lied on Jesus. It was Judas that was the one that was taking the money. He was making more withdrawals than what he was making of deposits. And something spoke in my spirit and said, as we tag on to what we were talking about with Cicely Tyson about rejection, there are some people in your life that cannot face you because they know that they did you wrong. Remember that Judas, he sort of hid out. He didn't even go to Jesus trial. And maybe one may think he didn't go to Jesus trial and testify because he knew that if he, and, and, and he had many opportunities to make it right. He could have went to Jesus trial and said, Hey, it was me. I'm the one that took the money. Jesus didn't do this. Right. But think about it. He didn't go. He didn't testify. He didn't do any of that because he knew that it would have made him look bad. Some people think that by just doing a nice gesture, some people think that if I'm just nice to you or if I just go away, that fixes the situation. But what I found interesting about Judas is that he felt bad, but he never repented. There are some people who may reject you, who may do you wrong, and they may know that they're wrong. They may feel bad, but they never repent. It's just like with our sins. Some of us, we do things we know it's wrong. We may feel bad about what we do is wrong, but we never repent. And I don't know who this word is for as we tag on an addition to rejection. Some of you may owe people an apology. True repentance is when you apologize, acknowledge that you have done wrong. True repentance is repenting to God and you do the best that you can to never go back to that. True repentance is just saying, oh, well, God know my heart. No, that's not true repentance. But the beautiful thing is, is that sometimes some people can know so much Bible but not have God in their heart. And that's what I sort of look at with Judas, that G Judas walked with Jesus for what, three years? He walked with Judas for like three, walked with Jesus for three years, and he saw the powerful teachings of Jesus on the mount. He was there with Jesus when Jesus fed 5,000, but he still betrayed him. But what I want to tell you, and there's a whole bunch that I want to say, but we're running out of time, that I want to add on to that, so I'm just fast forwarding, that even though Judas did all this to Jesus, he was still part of the plan. So I want to tell you that even the people that rejected you, even the people that hurt you, even the people that abandoned you, even the people that have talked so much about you and tried to sabotage you, it is still part of the plan. And one thing is that them tables always turn and God will always prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. So what you ought to do is just thank your Judas right now. Thank you for rejecting me. Thank you for talking about me. Thank you for abandoning me. Thank you for trying to bury me. But even when you tried to bury me, they didn't even know that you were a seed and that the more they tried to bury you, your flowers just kept growing. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I felt that. So thank you again to Reverend Terry Anderson and the Lily Grove Baptist Church. Thank you to all of you. I love you from the bottom and top of my heart. Please like and please share this. Um, uh, please follow me on Facebook at Dr. Tiffany M. Lloyd. Please follow me on Instagram at Tiffany.M.Lloyd. I am praying for you. I am rooting for you. I am cheering for you. Don't let rejection define you. Signing out, I'm Dr. Tiffany M. Lloyd. Jesus and Justice with Dr. Tiff.